0: yo what's up everybody it's time for the In off the bench podcast i am daniel ball and i'm joined as always by my co-host my partner in crime my brother from another mother jim cross and jim tonight's episode 20 titled boys of albany because tonight we got on kennesaw state baseball stars josh hatcher tyler simon they're joining us to tell us about their incredible season that just keeps on keeping on man But before we bring Josh
1: and Tyler into the mix, man, Jim, how was the weekend? What was going on? Talk to me. Man, let's bypass the weekend and get right into today, Daniel. We like to talk about our guests. And man, shout out to Dylan Cruz, co-SEC Player of the Year, Chase Dolander, SEC Pitcher of the Year, and Mr. Drew Beam, Freshman of the Year. So shout out to the -the in-off-the-bench guests who are raking in the accolades. Speaking of player of the year,
0: we got one that, 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 that could be it. He could be the guy, Jim. Did you know that? I do believe he could. So with that, man, I, I I don't want to waste any more time. Let's get right to it. Help me welcome onto the show with the biggest interview in podcasting this week, Kennesaw state baseball stars, Josh Hatcher and Tyler Simon.
1: Josh Tyler, welcome to the show. Tyler, how are we doing tonight? Doing great. How you doing? Yeah, good. Man, not bad. Josh, it's been a long time, but the last time we had you on here, man, you told us that your team was gonna win a national championship, or at least you felt like y'all were good enough to win a national championship. And uh y'all obviously did that. Um, you know, you're on a different team now, but nonetheless. You're a national champion, and and you came on here and felt like that y'all were going to be. So, you know, tell me about that feeling and tell me about that run last year.
2: Uh, it, was a, it was the best feeling that uh, i felt so far in my amateur career. You know, uh, like you said, we came on. Me and Cameron James predicted we'd win the national championship. And for us to feel that way about it is one thing, but for us to actually go and do it was a whole other thing in itself. I mean, there's this feeling of, Euphoria that you get just as soon as that last out is made. You know you've worked so hard your whole career, and as of right as of right now, being in college, that's the that's the biggest accomplishment possible. Winning the college world series, and um, like I said, when you when the when that last out is thrown and the pitch is caught and everything's thrown in the air, you know the gloves, the hats, and everybody running out on the field. That's that's something that I don't know if I'll ever be able to replicate. You know, having that feeling and just. Everything coming over you, all the emotions, excitement, happy, you know, there's there's sadness in there. You're glad. Just all those things. It's just one big rush.
1: Yeah. One of my favorite parts of that whole thing was, uh, you know, Cam's dad, uh, Greg, is one of your biggest fans, if not like the biggest outside of your family, probably. And getting to watch him when I was standing there at the hotel, hug every one of y'all and then just talk about, what you meant to him and uh, getting to see y'all win that title, especially like you said, after y'all came on that episode, it was cool. But with that, you know, we had R.J. Yeager from State on, and he talked about when he left Mercer, you know, Mercer kind of didn't really stay tight with him. That brotherhood wasn't there. But, you know, being that I'm talking to State players on the regular, I'm watching on social media – it's not the same case with you, man. They are your biggest fans. Um, they support you through thick and thin, and they've been sharing all the good things that you've been doing. How does that make you feel that that brotherhood is still there?
2: It's phenomenal. Uh, obviously, leaving somewhere like that is is—it's really hard to do, but just knowing that there's fans there that still love me, still support me, and, you know, they still follow me everywhere I go, that's, that's, really, that's something that not a lot of people can say.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And so Tyler, with that, I asked you, you know, you get Josh in as a transfer, a guy that you played high school with, you know what he brings to the table. How excited were you when you found out that he was coming to Kennesaw?
3: Yeah, it was a, it was an awesome feeling. It was something that, uh, that we never got to experience. Like we were both committed to Kennesaw state Then we kind of split ways. And then it was kind of just like destiny that we just found our way back to each other. And, uh, Dude, I was so excited to just play my final year with Hatch. Um, I mean, in high school, we both we played on the same side of the infield. He played first. I played second for a little bit. So just to have that connection again to play with my brother, like, one more time, it's just, like, it was an awesome feeling knowing that he was going to come play here.
0: So, you know, we, we've had Hatch on before, and, you know, we kind of know the backstory, where he's from, how he grew up, um, you know, obviously – you know haven't had you on though Tyler so I just want to get you know kind of a, a, a gamut of where you came from as opposed to now like this progression to where you are today so take me back talk to us tell us about where you're from tell us about how you grew up um, brothers, sisters, just as a kid like what was it like so I'm from
3: Albany, Georgia um as you know, talking to Hatch small town South Georgia um. Went to Lee County High School. So I have, I have a little sister. She's a freshman in college now, which is crazy. Um, I feel like she should still be a little kid. And then I have a foster brother. His name is Malik Spratling, and he also plays at Kennesaw State um, here with us. So me and him met when we were about nine years old, and uh, we started living together starting at 12. So, I mean, it's, it's really cool that me, him, and Hash played together in high school. And then we all met back up again at Kennesaw for our final year. But uh, I came up, I played uh, travel ball. My dad coached me from when I was three years old until until the last game I ever played travel ball. So uh, he was a great coach to me. He's who I look up to. Um, Played high school ball at Lee County. Played varsity for three years. Me and Hatch uh, and Malik all played over there for three years. And then I came to Kennesaw State. I It was a huge, um, huge lifestyle change for me going from Albany, Georgia to living in Atlanta. Um, so
0: so before we get there, though, man, there there's a lot to unpack. Um, you know, I, I want to spend some time talking about, I mean, obviously, as a kid growing up, you know, I don't know many. I know that this is a, a regular thing to have a foster sibling, but. Um what is it like and like at what age does your brother come into the picture how old were you So I met Malik when we were
3: about 8 or 9 we played against each other he's from Alabama so we played in these tournaments in Lagrange Georgia um we played against his team every weekend it felt like uh and then we would always meet each other, like, late in the tournament, like, elimination games, and they're usually pretty close games. And once we were nine years old, it turned to kid pitch. And Malik has been always the biggest, strongest um, person ever since he was, like, eight years old. So they would always bring, bring him in the pitch when the score was, like, out of hand and we were going to win the game. And he threw, like, way harder than anybody else on the field. So we would go up to him and ask him like, like, why, like why, why doesn't the coach throw you in bigger situations or why don't you start the game? And uh, he just didn't really know. I mean, he was we're eight years old, we're just playing. And uh, so, I mean, playing against them that much, we got to know each other. And then it started, it started off, he would come live with me in the summers and we would practice with my dad every day. Hatch was there. I mean, we're at the field every single day at nine years old for hours, just practicing, hitting, fielding, pitching. And then um, when I was 12 years old, uh, Malik came and started living with us and he came to Lee County. So ever since from 12, he grew up with me. We were in the same classes in uh, middle school and high school. Um, I mean, it was, it was like we're, blood, we're uh, blood brothers. I mean, we're tight. Um, we did everything together. So it was just really baseball that gave us that connection. We played against each other so many times. And then uh, it got to a point where he he just wanted to move in with us, and we took him in like he's one of our own now.
0: So he, were, was there – I mean, I picture, you know, natural brother, sister, sibling rivalries and, like, you know, you're, you're – picking at each other you're fighting you're arguing i mean boys are gonna be boys was was that how it went down like high fuel competitive nature i mean two guys that are really good growing up and now like you're in the same house with each other like how how does that go down um
3: i mean it was it was for sure a very it was competitive but not not to a point where uh where there'd be, like, fights and stuff. It was more, like, our relationship is, like, he's a very, like, joking around, super nice. Like, he's huge, like, huge muscles and stuff, deep voice, but he's, like, super nice, chill. He wouldn't hurt anybody. So the our relationship was more just, like, joking around with each other. And then on the field, we never played the same positions. So it was – I guess there wasn't, like, competitive uh, – there wasn't, like, competition there, like, position-wise. But, I mean, people would always ask, like, who's better? Him or you? And all this stuff. But I, it never it never reached the point where it got between us or anything like that.
1: I need to know who is who is better. And I want to add Josh into the conversation. Who's the best of y'all when y'all were growing up? Yeah,
3: my, uh, we're When we were at 13, me and Malik's throwing the ball, like, 89 miles an hour. We get to 15 years old, and Malik's throwing 93. I mean, Malik for sure has, like, one of the best arms I've ever seen on a baseball field. So, I mean, I I feel like his arm is something that you can't train. Um, Like, you can work hard as you can, but what he has in in his arm is something that it's just God-given, and it's one of the most special arms I've ever seen.
0: So, you know, obviously there's a deep rooted connection. You guys, you know, grow up together, you're playing on rival teams, but you end up having this bond and, you know, you, you guys take a man with, with open arms. And now you end up going to the same high school together, um, all while being coached by your dad and having, you know, great friends a- along the way. So, you know, when you get to high school, you know, thinking back on on the four years you spent there, what was the most memorable? Was it just the simple fact that you and Malik got to share that time together? Or was there a a game or a season or, you know, something that happened that you're like, man, that that was the coolest thing that happened to me in high school?
3: So uh, what comes to mind right there is we were playing in a state championship. In the uh, state playoffs in high school, my senior year, and our high school had this uh like this curse on all the teams that like none of the Lee County teams could make it past the second round of the playoffs. And every year of high school, we would always get to the second round and we'd get put out. We'd get there again and get put out. And uh finally my senior year, um we had about like six, seven seniors that were in the starting lineup. So we had a pretty good squad and I was pitching late in the game. I think it was like the sixth or seventh inning and I end up, uh, so I'm pitching, there's a guy on first and um, the batter bunts the ball to me. I throw it to second base, I overthrow him. So it's first and second. Uh, there's like first and second, two outs, it gets to that point. And it's the bottom of the seventh inning. Game's on the line. Uh, I throw the next pitch to the batter. Base hit to right field where Malik's playing. The runner comes around uh, third base, and Malik throws him out. He saved the season. And it was just a crazy – it was a crazy time where I was pitching, and then he just picked me up from that air and literally saved our season right there. We thought it was over.
0: Did he – is he the curse breaker?
3: I mean, I guess
0: so. <laughs> I mean, he—he's the guy. I mean, he—he's he, the, I Ted, mean, I guess the so. Ted. He's a Ted Lasso of Lee County, man. Um, I mean, I mean,
3: yeah, we we finally broke that curse and made it to the state championship game. We ended up losing to Pope High School, but uh, I mean, just making it there was awesome. It was a great so, feeling.
0: We we've had a, a ton of amazing players on this show, and like losing state championships is just as popular with our guys as winning them it's crazy like um the amount of talent that we have on these teams and like it i guess it really just shows you how hard it is to win it all um yeah you know and and i I bring that up because you know it's been a long it's been a grueling season you know and you guys are about to get in the thick of it where you know every day could be the last day. but you know before we get into the season at at Kennesaw State what why what happened between travel ball and high school ball to get you on college radars um and what schools were on the radar or was it just one school
3: so um I actually got offered from Kennesaw pretty early so I'm I mean, my dad is a pretty big guy in travel baseball. Um, he knows a lot of people. So they were always um, college scouts at our games, whether they were just at the tournament or just like coming to watch our games. So it was my 10th grade summer. Um, yeah, my summer after 10th grade. Uh, I was, I mean, in travel ball when I was 15. I was a tiny kid, super skinny. Um, I could feel the ball really well. I could swing it, but I didn't hit for much power. But, uh, I mean, Kennesaw State was really the first school to talk to me. And uh, Derek Simmons was the recruiting coordinator then. And, um, I mean, he was a great guy. He got in contact with me and I mean, that, they were really the only school to talk to me at that point, which it was really early. And I really liked the school. Um, they gave me a great offer. And I felt like, like I can't really turn this down. I mean, Division One baseball. Um, like they want to give me a scholarship to come there. It's what I've worked for my entire life is to go play Division One baseball somewhere and they're gonna give me this great offer. I can't really turn that down. So I committed to play Kennesaw my at the end of my 10th grade summer and then uh and then i get a call from uh coach mike sansing that uh coach simmons left so uh once once simmons left that was really that was the person that i got closest to with um at kennesaw state and i just feel like there wasn't a huge connection there when he left and i ended up decommitting from kennesaw and, um, I mean, it was, it was kind of crazy. I had other coaches reach out to me. Um, but then uh, Trey Fowler, who was at Kennesaw, um, for my, my first four years, he left uh, this year. But uh, he reached out to me, um, just told me about him, really what he does at Kennesaw, how he's the new recruiting coordinator, um, everything that went down. So I met up with him at one of our tournaments, got to talking. Uh taught this co dancing again and uh, I ended up committing back here again, which ended up being a, a great move for me. I mean, they were really the first school that gave me a chance and uh I feel like it paid off for both parties, really. I mean, no other schools wanted to give me a chance, just I was undersized, didn't hit for power, really.
0: Yeah, it's it's almost like it's like this divine you know, like this it was meant to be. You committed and then you say no and then you get pulled back some kind of way, you know. Um, you know, it's crazy because, you know, now Hatch has, you know, not really the same story, but, you know, he's leaves and now he's coming to Kennesaw State with you. And, you know, Josh, I'll, I'll, I'll turn over to you, man, because this has been... An incredible season for you um you know when you when you look at the stats you know and I I don't know how often you get a chance just to have somebody like tell you the stats where you can sit and take it in but 397 54 runs 47 rbis nine home runs 11 stolen bases and a school record of 25 doubles what is it like what happened like was it just the pressure being off? Are you more comfortable? Is it coaching? Is it culture? What is it that's, you know, put a charge into this season for you?
2: Oh, I would say the biggest thing would be uh, just having a fresh start. You know, um, um, I, I feel like my time at Mississippi State, now granted, I had the best time. Like I won a national championship there. I met, I made so many friends I'll have in my weddings for the rest of my life um but I but I feel like it was just time for me to go and get a fresh new start and I mean coming coming to KSU I'm a lot closer to home my family gets to come see me play I'm playing with four of my best friends that I've had growing up since I was a little kid and I feel like it was the right place at the right time with the coaching staff you know we got a we had a fresh whole coaching staff coming in and there were guys who really trusted and believed in me even in high school. So, I mean, I had a connection there. And I'll say the biggest thing to my season so far is going out there and just having as much fun as possible. And, but also having the coaching staff and the, my players and teammates being right behind me, you know, uh, it just, it doesn't matter what I did the day before I could have four hits or no hits. And I just know for a fact, I'm going to run out there, play center and hit lead off the next day. So, I mean, there, there's a, there's a really big comfort in having that in the back of your mind.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you know, you build confidence, obviously, you know, playing, you know, elite levels all growing up. And then now your comfort level and that confidence is even higher. I mean, dude, you hit for the cycle twice in a season. Like, I don't like it. I'll tell you this. We haven't had, we've had some really good players and really good hitters we've not had a single guy come close to hitting this for the cycle on this show. And you know, who all has been on this. So when I say something like that to you, like, like what does that mean to do it once much less do it twice?
2: Yeah, obviously it means a lot. Like you said, that's one of the hardest things to do offensively in baseball and, you know, going through the season, I'm having a, I'm having a really good year so far. And, I know we, we're playing Georgia Tech. We're about to play Georgia Tech. You know, they're, at the time, they were a top 15 school, and, and everybody's like, okay, he transferred to the A-Sun. He's having a really good year, but he hasn't done it against a top 10, top 15 school. So we're getting ready to play Tech, and I'm like, all right, like this is my time to show everybody that, I'm the player that I have been the last three years in college and I'm not just doing it just because of who I'm playing against, you know, like it's not a slap in the face or anything. So we, we get the tech and like I said, they're top 15 school at the time. And I'm just like, that's the most likely I've I've probably ever been in my career. It's, it was a, it was a game where I really wanted to prove something, not only to other people, but to myself as well, you know, having this new season, like I said, um, coming to a different conference and I'm finally getting to play these different schools and different teams and guys who I haven't played before. And it was just a really big time for me to prove something.
0: So take me through. So the, the first cycle you hit, take me through it. Do you know that, so when you're, when you're there at bat number one, you, you obviously you produce, but are you feeling any different? Are you seeing the ball better? Is, are you telling yourself man this could be a special day or is it just now you get three at bats in you realize you have the opportunity to hit for a cycle and so now like I just need to do this and it happens
2: uh yeah I, I mean uh that game the first one I lead off the first pitch of the game with a homer and I, that that's something I've wanted to do all season so I do that and then Uh, my third at bat, I'm one for three. And so, you know, I'm not, I'm not thinking about it at all. I'm just like, got it. I need a couple more hits. I need one more hit, two for four on the day, three for five on the day, something. And so then I get a triple and then I hit a sink or I hit a single and then I hit a triple and I'm sitting in the outfield in like the seventh inning, the eighth inning. And I'm like, Oh crap, I need a double for the cycle. (laughs) It just, it just hit me there. So, I look over to our left fielder during that game, and I said, I was like, hey, I need a double for the cycle. Watch this next at bat. I promise you I'm going to get it. And I I go up in like a big situation. We were up maybe one one or two runs at the time. And it was like bases loaded or runs on second and third, and I hit a double off the wall. And and when I got on second, I was like, wow, I I literally just told him I'm going to hit a double, and I did. And it was for the cycle. So, and that was something that was pretty cool.
0: Did you did you thank them for pitching to you with guys on <laughs> second and third? I mean, who does that?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: I mean, I, I would have walked it, him. There's
2: there's it, nothing about it.
0: It's it's <laughs> a it's a hell of a day and and just the story just you woke up and you're like, I got to prove something against this team and you lead off the game, you know, your first at bat with a homer. And I don't know is is that the hardest one? Is is the homer the hardest one? Is it the triple, like, or is it just whatever is last the hardest piece to get?
2: Uh, I would say it's the triple. Um, I feel like you gotta get the triple out of the way early, because I mean, for to hit a triple, you either it's gotta go off the wall and kick some crazy way, or you gotta hit it down in the corner. So. There's only, there's only like a limited number of things you can do to get that so I feel like that's the hardest one
1: yeah I mean Josh is not slow by any means but he's not in Ray K Bradfield either <laughs> right <laughs> so I mean
0: needless to say that's that's an amazing moment you know for you personally for the team um, for the organization but you um, know was that is that your favorite moment? Or was there something else that was the best moment of the season so far? Or, I mean, I, I, I will say it has the best yet to be had.
2: i would, I would say the best is yet to come. I uh, still so feel like we got a lot of season to play. And there's going to be some phenomenal things happen. But I'll say the best part so far would be um, the second cycle against North Florida at home. Um, we were down, we went down early in the game. I want to say it was like seven, eight, nothing. T in like the first two innings, uh, yeah.
3: It was, it was like eight, two at some point, fighting like, five. yeah.
2: And and I come up, and I'd already had like a single and a double in the game. And I come up, the score's eight, six, I believe. And I come up, uh, they're throwing their. They're throwing their best guy. He's the starter. He's still in. And it's like two outs, runners on first and second. And so I hit a homer, and they call it foul. And we, had, we, don't, we don't have replay in our field. So I had replay, and they would have checked it out. It would have been fair. So a homer, they rule it foul, and I'm sitting there. Obviously, if you get a go-ahead homer, call it foul, you know, you're, you're pretty pissed off. Just standing there, and so I call a foul. The coach looks at me. And he's like, hey, just have a good A-B the rest of that bat, and I'm like, I'm like, all right, I got it, and three pitches later, I homer And to uh, go ahead in the game to give us the lead, 9-8, and then the rest of the game, I was just um, – I wasn't really thinking about it again. You know, I'm in the outfield, and I'm like, all right, I need to triple, you know, and I, this time – I'm just I'm just kind of BSing out there. I'm just like, hey, I need to triple for the cycle, and I and I get in that bat. I want to say it was in the bottom of the eighth. I get the AB, and I hit a ball off the top of the center field wall, and I wasn't stopping. I don't care where it went, <laughs> who picked it up. I wasn't <laughs> stopping. I was going three
1: regardless. So, uh, of course, it was your favorite moment because in that story, what I caught was you had two home runs and one at bat on top of a cycle. So, but you know, yeah, yeah the second so you're saying the second cycle felt better than the first one though um i mean
2: I, f- I feel like the moment was just a little bit bigger you know it's a it's a conference game we had to win it uh i hit the go ahead homer but at georgia tech it's the first one so that one's special but i mean that game was a bloodbath ended up being like 17-16 18-17 something like that so i mean there was like a bunch of runs being scored and people hitting homers left and right that game. So you kind of, I mean, it kind of gets caught up in the midst of everybody. I mean, Tyler had three doubles that game, three doubles and a triple or two doubles and a triple that game too, or something like that. So.
1: So let me ask you uh, one more thing and I'll get back over to Tyler. You know, you moved to, to the outfield and it's weird for me because, you know, I was told that you, played outfield prior to, but at, at State, all I did was see you play first base. And I would argue as, you know, someone who watched all the SEC, you were the best defensive first baseman in the SEC. So, like, for you, like, what is that mindset going – because I know you have to believe the same thing about yourself. What's that mindset going from the infield to the outfield like that?
2: I've always wanted to play outfield. I've always felt like, uh, like I belonged in center field. You know, sitting over at first base, uh, I don't really get to use a lot. I don't really get to run, show off that, and I don't really get to show off my arm. So going out there, I was just – I just wanted to be as aggressive as possible. Like, that was my mindset, be aggressive as possible and literally just go catch everything. So, I mean, the transition was a lot smoother than I thought it was going to be, honestly. I thought it was going to take a little bit more time getting used to it, you know, being at first base for two three years and then playing a – huge defensive role in center field like that but I mean it went it went more smooth than I thought it was going to and I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah no doubt so speaking of transition Tyler you know you didn't have any trouble transitioning you know 2018 named a son second team all conference all freshman team um, you know 12th in the in the conference and batting average of 311 um, you know started 42 of 46 games you know how were you able to have so much success uh, right out the gate? I mean, honestly, uh, I, I don't even know.
3: During that first fall at Kennesaw, I think I hit uh, 150 in our inner squads. Maybe, that's generous. I think I hit it like in the, <laughs> the 130s. So, I mean, going into the spring, like my expectations were, I'm probably not going to play a lot, but when I play, um oh, bro. <laughs> So uh, my expectations were that I'm probably not going to play a lot, but when I play, um, I need to take advantage of it. And when the spring came around, um, the first weekend series, I didn't play at all. But during this time, I'm still in the cage every single day um, with my teammates, just swinging it like I would be if I was playing every day also. And, uh, I mean, I'm just being prepared for the moment, really. And... uh, I get my first at-bat against UGA. The game was out of hand. It was like the ninth inning. We're down by, like, ten runs. And the guy throws three fastballs by me, strikeout. And I was like, wow, like, uh, th- like this, this is uh, pretty different. And um, so the season goes on. And our third baseman goes down with an injury. And the coach throws me at third. I haven't been pressing at third. I um, haven't played third since my junior year of high school. And now I'm starting third base in this game on Friday night. And uh, I mean, I'm just like, like whatever, like let's go. And uh, my first hit comes, base is loaded. Uh, I get a hit out of the middle, like two RBIs. And I feel like that, that weekend right there, I had a pretty big weekend and I feel like I just never looked back. Um, I mean, I never had any doubts. That I could play at this level, and then uh, like I played once I had that first hit, I was like,
1: "All right, I'm ready," and I just never looked back. I mean, you just describe baseball in a whole vacuum because I've seen plenty of guys. You know, you take fall for what it is. You know, squads. I've seen guys who hit five hundred and then couldn't hit once the season started, and then like you're talking about vice versa. You know, all it takes is you know to put a string of hits together and next thing you know you're on fire you know same thing when you go the opposite direction of slump I mean that, I mean that's the way baseball works but I think that's what makes it you know the, the greatest game that it is because you know you do it's unpredictable and uh oh, yeah. and for you 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 end up in a new position and then you catch fire and and like you said the freshman season ends up being fantastic you know we could go through the, you know, all the seasons and everything, but I want to go ahead and dive into to this season, and I want to start, you know, ironically, we talk about Josh's day at, at Georgia Tech. I want to make sure that I read this correctly, uh, that this all happened in the same day. If I read it correctly, you not only went four for six that day with four runs scored, you had two doubles, a triple, you recorded your 200th career hit as an out, and you were on SportsCenter top ten for a double play. Is that all correct? Yeah, that's all correct. All right, so with that, I mean, so much to unpack there. What was your favorite? Um, my, so my
3: favorite, so Hatch leads the game off with a home run, and then I come up right after him. I go down to 0-2 count, and then I, uh, I hit a ball to deep left center, and I didn't think I got it that well. And I, the left fielder just keeps running back, keeps running back, and it hits the top of the wall like I need another foot on it and uh, I think that was the I think that was a triple and um and the, I, I I just wish that ball would have got out really and that me <laughs> and have went back to back to start the game that would have been sick I so, mean y'all y'all had enough go right that
1: game you didn't you didn't need that off <laughs> but how about like, but how about the Sports Center uh top 10 like what's that like seeing yourself on Sports Center on a on a top 10 play? uh I mean it was it was awesome it's something that I I really wanted to
3: do my whole college career was make Sports Center top 10. But I feel like that play wasn't, it wasn't even like top five, maybe top 10 of the best plays I've made at Kennesaw, really. Uh, I mean, we don't have the camera system to really make top 10. Like most of our games are there uh, on like YouTube, but we don't have like the like ACC network that we were on um, to really like produce like a high quality video for those plays. So uh I mean I think it just like solidified my mind that uh, like that was a good play, but I know I've made better. So like I know that I should have been on top 10 like plenty of other times.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. But I mean I
3: finally made that play right there and I was like, I mean, that's
1: pretty sick to be on ESPN top see, 10. See, we need we needed you on here, Tyler, because honestly, man, it's it's crazy. And I think it speaks to what you're talking about. Not even necessarily if you are on TV. I think there's a lot of plays that go under the radar and, you know, we have so many guests that, um, you know, they have never been on a top 10, but I've watched them and seen a play that that could have been. And and the reason I say we need you is because uh, Daniel will tell you, every female athlete just about we've had on here has a sports center top 10 under their belt. And yet the, the male athletes don't. So like we need to start playing a little catch up. They're, they're dominating this, this category. Oh yeah, for
3: sure. I mean, I feel like when I watch top 10s, like, there's some good plays on there. But, I mean, like, we see some plays, like, even when we're just playing our games and we're like, like, Dude, that's a good play. And we watch top ten later. And the play that we saw is for sure better than, like, eight of these plays that they throw on top ten. And I feel like they just don't really take the time to really, like, dive deep into finding, like, really the top ten plays of the day.
0: Well, yeah. I, I, got, I got a little bit of a, a, a cheat code for you. Tomorrow's game. It's going to be on ESPN+. Plus. All right. So if there's ever a time where video quality and ESPN has it, boom, it's right there.
3: Hey, hey I'll, make, I'll make a play there.
0: Yeah. Hey, I'll be there
3: again. <laughs> Something's going to happen. It's every single
2: game. Every single game.
1: Hatcher, you know, a, a funny Mississippi State story that me and Cameron were talking about just the other day, he talks about how his favorite moment was – the home run in game one against Vanderbilt, but because of the way that game went, no one even remembers it, but he had arguably the hardest hit home run of the series, but it, it flew under the radar because of the way that game went. Yeah. So it, it, it's crazy. Not everybody remembers or sees everything, but uh, you know, Trey with the shared conference title with Liberty and the tournament play starts tomorrow uh, with Liskum. you're a senior leader on this team. You know, Obviously, coaches say what they say, but what do you say to, to rally the troops to get them ready for tomorrow? I mean, I
3: I just tell the guys, I mean, go out there and have fun. I mean, if you put all this pressure on yourself, like we have to win this game, um, I mean, you're just going to play tight. And, uh, I mean, I just tell them go out there, play loose, have fun, and just do what you know how to do. And, I mean, if you, if you just go out there and let loose, I mean, your bias is just going to take over. And just play how you normally play. Like, there's no reason to go out there and be tight just because this conference tournament. And you, like, if you're a freshman, you've never been here before. I mean, just do what you do. I mean, we're a team full of great players. I mean, I think everybody plays hard. And if we just play how we know how to play, then we won't have an issue this week.
1: Yeah. I mean, you and Josh are echoing the same thing about when you have fun and just, and you're loose, I mean, how well things can go. And, and you know, that's one of the things that I, I commonly hear from guys who find themselves getting out of a struggle. So it's crazy how that is. Cause you know, it's serious, you know, it's business, you know, you need to win, but like, man, you know, have fun with it. Don't be stressed out about it. And it's amazing how that'll change it. And so with that, Josh, you know, um, there is a little pressure coming into this tournament because your, your postseason and your possible seeding, um, you know, in regionals, is determined based upon how y'all do. So, do y'all talk about it, think about that, or you just focus on this next game? Ah, uh,
2: we, I mean, we talk about it. We're on there, we're on the bus, we're at the park, we're at the hotel. Like, we know it. Like, we're a team that we we're gonna address that elephant in the room. You know, like it's, it's something we want and it's something that we've worked for. So, like, we know that. We're, we're a bubble team right now. I've seen a bunch of things. Have us as the first four out, last four in, first four out again. So, I mean, this, this tournament and especially the pool that we're in, playing games against FGCU and Liberty and Lipscomb, uh, this is a, I think this is a really big week for us as in getting a bid to a regional.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And so, being that these are teams that you've played already this year, you know so well, um, you know, does that give you a – you're You're confident anyway, you talk about it, but does it give you a sense of confidence even more that you know your opponent so well?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean the more you play somebody, the more comfortable you get playing them, and the more you know about them. So I think going into this week, having played FGCU and Liberty six times a piece that uh there's like a there's a really big comfort in knowing what our game is and what we have to execute.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, best of luck to you guys. I got one more thing and then I'm going to turn y'all over to Daniel play a game. And this is the you, Hatch, man. Uh, you know, you've seen it. I've used you on social media as an example because, uh, man, you're a guy that's it's taught a life lesson, you know, whether it's baseball or anything else in, in life, you know, you had a down year last year, um, you know, I was at the games. I saw the effect that it had on you personally, but you didn't let that have a stronghold on you. You didn't let it keep you down. Um, and now you're you're having the season you're having man better than ever and it speaks to change it speaks to growth it speaks to hard work and so you know way to set the example for those who are following you you know to show that you know you're going to have your ups and your downs you got to keep battling and um man you know you never know what's on the other side and and for you the the grass has been greener on the other side and so shout out to you for for all that and all the hard work you put in
2: thank you that means a lot
1: yeah, man, it's uh,
0: it's very, very ballsy. I'll say that to, is up and change, um, especially with the, the type of year that you had last season. But, um, you were able to really replicate and thrive in a in a new environment, and and the challenge of of potentially being able to do that is enough to turn anybody away but man you went at it head on and, and it's it's been a great season and, and it's going to continue um but guys we talked about the serious stuff so let's let's have a little fun let's let's play a game you guys down to play a little game before you get out of here yeah for sure so. all right this or that um it's very simple gentlemen i'll ask a question and all you got to do is pick one or the other you can't say both and you can't say neither So just be decisive. Pick one, whatever comes to your mind. I will start every question uh, with you, Tyler. You'll answer, and then Josh will follow up uh, Tyler's answer with your own. So here's a a softball question to get us going, get us out the gate. Would you rather be at the beach or would you rather go to the pool? Tyler, beach or pool?
3: Uh, The beach for sure. I can play in the sand. I can go in the ocean, play in the waves. There's there's just more to do at the beach than at the pool.
0: All right, all right. Hatch, beach or pool guy.
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go to
0: pool.
3: Hey,
2: I what about that?
0: Because,
2: <laughs> yeah, see, so I say that because <laughs> I have a I have a fear of water. I can't see through, like the lake. Out, no go. Stand on the boat. But yes. also, the pool, I got to have a diving board at the pool. <laughs> got to have yeah. a diving board at the pool.
0: You got to show out, man. If you're, if you're going to do the pool, you got to do it right. It's got to be mu- exactly. music, exactly. diving board. You know, it's just the, the whole environment. It's, it's just the whole vibe. I, I, I got you. I, I, I know, I know exactly. Where All right. Tyler, is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes or no?
3: Mm, a hot dog? A hot dog is – it's it's not a sandwich. All right. All right. It, it's more of a sub than a sandwich. <laughs> so, like, because it's connected. Because a sandwich, you have a bottom piece of bread and you have a top. And then there's yeah. nothing connecting it. All right. So it's All more right. of a sub.
0: All right. Josh, what do you think? Hot dog a sandwich?
3: Nah. Hot, a,
1: hot dog's a hot dog is a hot dog.
0: See, I, I don't care what anybody answers when it comes to this question. Even when Austin
1: Riley and Cameron James came on here, Austin said it was a hot dog and that's not good enough for you, Daniel.
0: No, that's that's fine. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> but if if you get on here and you say a hot dog is a sandwich, I just want to I want you just to be disconnected. Like that's just <laughs> that's just silly. That makes no sense. Even though Jim Jim's claim to fame is that he went to Houston and they have a hot dog sandwich there. So. When I went to
1: the Shiner's classic and they, what they do. And so they say this is cheating, but they cut two hot dogs in half, lay them across two pieces of bread, toast it, throw mustard and ketchup on it. Anyway, this thing was absolutely fantastic. I'm convinced now that a hot dog is a sandwich.
0: Shocker that they were cheating their sandwiches. in Houston. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Shocker.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shocker.
0: All right. Um, would you, Tyler, would you rather be street smart or book smart?
3: Oh, this, this is tough, because I'm, I'm pretty book smart already. Very I book smart. I'd rather, rather be street smart because hum, I feel like-
0: Humble brag from Tyler, I'm already book smart.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel like when you're street smart, you can, like even like, say you own a business now, you, you have to be street smart. You can't just be book smart. So I feel like if you're just street smart, you can still you can still do everything that you can do, even when you're book smart. So I'd just rather be street smart.
0: All right, I, I see where you're going with that. Josh, what do you think? Street smart, book smart? Uh,
2: I'm going street smart, 100%. Like, yeah, it, uh, like, he's, like he said, you know, yeah, I feel like you can just make way too much money being street smart and not having to learn all the things in the books. <laughs>
0: You can you can always pick up a book and learn. It it it, it you got to be in yeah, the right nah, right place in a our... book up. Yeah. <laughs> we, we Very call
2: true. How that have you
3: feel. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's some there's some people on on my team who don't have bill. Mm.
1: Yeah, I've actually been reading a book. That. Look, no the the audience isn't going to see it, but Josh is on the cover of this this here book called Dog Pie, actually. There it is. All right. Would
0: you rather go to a concert or go to a sporting event?
3: i rather go to a concert. Uh, I
0: feel who, like... Who, I mean, who are you what, going to see? Who are you going to see?
3: If I go to any concert right now, I'm going to see Drake.
0: Drake, all right. I, I, feel, like,
3: I feel like a sporting event, unless you have like a good seat, the best seat, is at the house. I mean, you can make some food, you can have a drink, and it's not—it's not fifty bucks. You, for that you don't want to—you don't
1: want to sit courtside of the playoffs
3: right now. Oh no, nah, no, nah, I for sure sit courtside. <laughs> but what's the chance of me sitting courtside though?
0: I mean, we're talking to two guys that sit field level for for every game. Like it's—it's uh—it's hard to convince these guys unless they're field level or courtside. <laughs> like it's—it's it's a better ticket because it's not. <laughs> um. Hash, what about you, man? Would you rather go to a concert or go to a sporting event?
2: I'm going, I'm going concert.
0: Who are you going to see? You going, you going with Tyler? Y'all both going to see Drake?
2: Here's the thing the person I want to go see isn't alive anymore. I want to go see Juice World. That's the concert I I was trying to go to. But, um, who am I going to see right now? Um, I'm probably, I'm probably going to see Drake, too. I'll try to see Drake and Lil
3: Wayne in the same concert. All right. <laughs> Me and Hatcher all right. are all in together. We'll be there.
0: Would you, would you rather have massive success but it be by accident, or would you rather have modest success but it's very purposeful?
3: I think I'd rather have modest success with purpose because you – you work to get there. Like if you just get lucky and you have success, you don't really have, I mean, you're you're not really appreciative of that success that you have, but if you put in the work to get that success, even if it's not as much, you just have, you just have like pride over that success that you really put in that work.
0: True. Um, What, I mean, I guess it depends on what your end goal is. If your end goal is to be rich and have the bag and you have massive success and it's an accident and you, you, you have all the money that you need.
1: Like, but he told, he told you his character. He wants to work, hey, he wants to work and earn it. Nice
0: to nice to feel good about how you got there. But I mean,
3: I mean, is success. Is a success. Just like being rich or,
0: True. Well, what whatever you want it to be. It's it's. it's <laughs> I defined. like to work for it.
1: Quit trying to talk him out of it. All
0: right, I'm not going <laughs> to talk you out of it. All right, Josh. What about you? Modest success on purpose, or massive success by accident?
2: Uh, I will go modest on purpose because I've always wanted like to start my own business. So I feel like that kind of that kind of fits in my area, but. On the other end, I would love to go like TikTok famous, YouTube famous for something for you know what I'm saying like a like a good video real quick. But I mean that's just that's just something quick, you know. I, I wanted to be modest and long lasting.
0: All right, last two, last two questions. Very, very good questions. Some of these questions I have I've never asked before, so these these are good. Um, but this question, this next question is actually a staple question. That's become probably one of the most famous questions we ask everybody. Tyler, I'll start with you. Would you rather spend 10 years in a coma or five years in jail?
3: I'd rather spend 10 years in a coma, 100%. There
1: you go. I, don't, I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> Daniel, he's the first person that came out that quick and that honest. Cause
0: he's, he's telling the truth.
1: Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to go to jail. That's what, the place I do not want to go.
0: Watch Josh Hatcher right here. He's about to lie to our face. See, he, 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 he had to get out of here. Hey, he he just he left. He said, I'm out of here. Tyler, what do you think Josh would answer to that question?
1: He's going, uh, he's going 10 years in a coma. And I'm not editing this out. We're going to play this right, right to see what he says. All
0: right, Josh, would you rather spend 10 years in a coma or five years in jail? I'm going to jail.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. I, I, there's, here's what I say every time we have this question because you know, it's, it's very rare where people are, are, are as honest as Tyler was but they get on here and they talk this game and they talk all this nonsense. And they're like, yeah, give me some jail. Give me five years of that. And and, and to be honest, like, this is what I tell them. I'm 37 years old. I know what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And I've never been to jail, but guys, I know that I would not be good at it. (laughs) However, sleeping and napping, I'm, I'm, I'm the man at that. So give me the 10 year coma. I'll wake up. I'll figure it out,
1: but I
0: ain't going to jail. I'm but T-
1: Tyler, you're in a very small percentage when it comes to baseball players. That, that's why Daniel always says they're the biggest liars on the question. Every baseball player come in here and they usually don't even hesitate to be like jail. Not, same way Hatch did. The,
0: these dudes get on here and they're like, yeah, I, I love my mom. You know, my sister's my best friend, but I'm going to go to jail. What what I like hey, is hey, I,
2: here's, here's the thing. Here's man. the thing though. If if I go to jail for five years, right? I'm I'm in the now. I still have people coming to visit me. I'm in the now. I get three square meals a day. You see <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, am I am I gonna get beat up? Some probably. It's going, I mean, it's going. It's gonna happen. You can't shy away from it. Am I gonna win some? Probably. But hey, but hey, three meals, I'm in the now.
1: He's getting on them weights. He's coming out big, (laughs) slow.
2: Hey, hey, straight to the yard. Wife beater hatch. That's it. Slow.
0: (laughs) Wife beater hatch. Daniel, I need a shirt now. You, you, (laughs) You you realize, right? There's more that you gotta look out. Or in jail than getting big and family show family and, and, show <laughs> Yeah. so like I said I ain't going to jail I, I'm with you
3: <laughs> I'm not going to jail
0: alright la- last question guys before we let you guys get out of here alright would you rather save 100 strangers or would you rather save the one person you love so you're saving a hundred different people, 100 yeah, I know my a hundred strangers. You're a hero to a hundred folks. Or <laughs> I'm saving the person saving. I love. Oh.
3: <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but uh, like I, I couldn't look the person I love in the face and be like, I'm taking these people I don't know well, over if you, you.
0: If you didn't save them, you would never have to look them in the face again. <laughs> nah, uh-uh. I got to
3: take the person I love.
0: That's what what you taking
2: I'm going with the person I love one hundred percent so i mean it's 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 no secret the the girl I'm with now i mean I've been with her for a while uh I mean we'll get married soon so look if i if i if I let her drop and I don't save her, there will be a ghost in my house later that night tormenting me for the for the rest of my life on this earth. So, so it wouldn't matter who I, who are those hundred people I saved.
0: Well, as 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 a friend of mine, Project Pat would say, "Don't save her; she don't want to be saved." <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so so let me let me re, let me rephrase this question because you, I think it's an easy question to answer when you when you hear it that way. Would you rather save a hundred strangers, or would you rather save the person you love? but you don't know like that's the, that's your love. Like at the time that you could say them, if you just, they were just some person and you had no idea that down the road you would fall in love and that's your one. What are you doing now? Oh, yeah.
2: Switch it, switch it under strangers.
1: Yeah. yeah but you, so, made it, so, you made it easy that way, Dan. Yeah, so, 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 yeah.
3: so if it's just like a person that I like kind of know, but we're not like tight like that.
0: But, and but, I, what if? What if? Like, if you fast forward to the future, like that's your person, and you you don't save them in the opportunity that you have. Oh, you're you going deep on
1: it. You're playing some Inception stuff. You'll
0: never have that true love. Like, you'll never have that person.
3: Th- then I'm saving. I'm saving that person.
0: Man, this, this is all over the place. We're all we are off the rails.
3: But, but you're, you're giving me. You're giving me different different scenarios in one
1: look i got a scenario for you tyler that question was thrown in there by me because our normal question that ends hatch has been asked before so i gotta know the answer to that question to you would you rather be the first pick in the mlb draft but the caveat is you got to cut all your friends loose or would you rather be the last pick and keep your friends oh be
2: the first pick and (laughs) listen
0: It's a difference of about eight million dollars.
1: Oh, and cut all my friends loose. hmm uh, And Hatch, you actually got the question easy before we rephrase it. It used to be money or friends, and then we start putting that first pick on there. Ty- Tyler, yeah,
0: I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Now
1: I would, uh, now I would take the last pick and keep the friends that I have. If Hatch wasn't on the episode, would you still answer the same? That's the question. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. That's 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 I mean, foolish. I feel that's, like that's that's foolish.
3: No, the <laughs> the friend, so the friends I have now, there there's five of us. I have five, or we call ourselves the top five. And it, it's been we've been top five since like sophomore year of high school. And I just feel like I couldn't like I get to the point when I trade that for $8 million.
0: Yes, I would. <laughs> I, would, I, would I, I would find a new top five and wouldn't feel bad about it. Jim's my best friend. Yeah. And I would tell him straight up, dude, if I got the bag in front of me, like, I don't even know you. He, nah, I, but, but these are
3: gonna be my lifelong friends. So like 20 years down the road, I can't call him up and be like, hey, let's go do this. Let's all meet up and do this. But I, I mean, I'm gonna have the bag
0: for sure.
1: No, you're good. We're not actually trying to t- turn y'all into terrible people. Y'all got the right answers. Yeah,
0: it's it, hey, so, it's just fun. It's just so fun.
2: you remember. Good. You remember the book smart. You remember yeah. the book smart comment he made earlier, right? Yeah. He's 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 taking whatever he gets in the last pick of that draft, and he's turning that into ten million dollars.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. I got all right. You, you're investing in yourself. I, I I can appreciate that. Well, guys. Before we get out of here, anything Tyler, you want to plug or promote?
3: Uh, yeah, I'm back. I'm uh, I'm gonna back y'all up on the point that Hatch, Hatch is the best first baseman that I've ever seen. One hundred percent. There you go. And there's there's no doubt about it.
0: All right, Hatch, what what are you plugging? What are you promoting? What are you following that up with?
3: Uh,
2: I'm gonna follow that up with. Out of, out of all of the shortstops I've played with, right, I play with first rounders. I play with the I play with the best, right? Tyler is the best defensive shortstop I have ever played with in my entire
1: life. That's,
0: this has been real, real cute, I, guys. Real, real and, cute. And Lane, I'm Lane, Lane Forsythe, now
1: Lane Forsythe's crying somewhere, man. <laughs> 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 no, it's uh, it guys.
0: It, it was a great story. It's awesome to, to hear, you know, how close you guys were. And now you guys are back together doing your thing. Um, you know, you can't hate, you can't disrespect any of that. Like it's, it's a big, it's a big deal, man. I'm, I'm proud of you guys. Um, but I had a feeling that you guys would fail to mention the, 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 the big things here. So I'll plug and I'll promote it for you on Instagram. If you want to see what Josh Hatcher's up to follow him at Josh Hatcher. If you want to see what Tyler Simon's up to, follow him on Instagram at Tyler underscore Simon 42, or you can check out both of them at KSU Owls Baseball on Instagram. Guys, tomorrow night, Tuesday, big game, 3 p.m. ESPN 2, number two seed Lipscomb. You guys go take care of business, and in a couple weeks, we're going to be seeing your name in a bracket somewhere. And we'll be talking to you again real soon. And if there's anything you guys need from us along your journey, please reach out to us, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. That's Josh Hatcher and Tyler Simon, everybody. If you like hearing their story or you just like hearing average shows talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, and feedback is always welcome. Come back next week. We got episode 20 coming at you. We're going to be talking to Mississippi State baseball players, Landon Sims and Jackson Fristo. It's going to be a good one. This has been the In Off the Bench Podcast. As always, remember strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We out.